pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Hey, welcome to The Mindful Dog. It's the 7th of March 2021 and you can join me and Roman Travers on The Magic Talk um, the Sunday Cafe. We're going to be discussing all of the decisions and questions you should be asking yourself before you make that massive decision to rehome your dog. 0800 844 747. Join the conversation now. Sometimes dogs drive you crazy, right? They just don't understand you. You go, what? It's because it's you. And because you haven't learned how to learn how to teach your dog. Darren Rowe is, he's an amazing man, a dog behaviourist from Mindfulness for Dogs. Good morning, Darren. Hi, Roman. That's a bit of an introduction there. Oh, you know, but it's true. It's true. It's so important to get it right. And you'll get it right when you call now on 0800 844 747. Darren's in our Hamilton studio. It sounds like you're sitting right here beside me, but you've got some saddest kind of news you've got to rehome a dog no no i haven't got to rehome a dog and it's just oh. we had a, a couple of well, i've had a few clients over the last few weeks of who have tried their hardest to to work with the dog and, and unfortunately have made that decision that they had to rehome them and i just got me thinking that um and i and I, I was a bit judgmental at the time when when they said that and i thought oh actually should i be because it's actually a, a really hard decision to make isn't it that you, you've had mm. this dog in your family for probably a few years and then suddenly due to whatever circumstances we can do, we, we'll talk about in a minute but mm-hmm. um suddenly that has to change and you have to rehome it. it's quite a traumatic emotional thing i guess yeah so. you know it's it's i don't want to sound trivial but is it like going shopping and you buy something you think you really want and love and within a month or two or a year you go oh, this really isn't for me dogs a living thing it's not like a pair of jeans or a coffee table is it no, it's not. And I think I think there is a certain element of that with some people. I think the, the idea of having a dog is way more exciting than the actual practicalities of, of what you need to do for a dog every day. So, yeah, I think there is a little bit of that. But, but like I say, majority of people, there's, there'll be circumstances that beyond their control sometimes that, that cause this issue to happen. Yeah, OK. All right. So let's talk about some of the reasons why people do want to re- rehome their dogs. Now, this is up your alleyway or you've got any questions at all. Just call now 0800 844 747. The reasons why people do look to rehome, Darren. Yeah, so, so there was a study, it was a couple of years old now, but um, they, they looked at, uh, it's obviously in the US, and they looked at different shelters and, and collected all the different reasons. Mm. And, and the majority, probably the overpinning reason why people want to rehome a dog is because of their behaviour. The dog's behaviour is not appropriate. And, and that's a shame from my perspective because that's just down to training, again, down to socialisation really, isn't it? I guess yeah. if you get that puppy, you don't do what you should do. Um, and it's not like you can't go on the internet and buy courses from me or you can buy sort of YouTube channel, you know, all those kind of things it's all out there you just need to go out and do your research basically but aggression is probably one of the biggest reasons my dogs get rehomed okay. and and again that's down to that socialization pretty much always if they're not socialized properly to people and dogs at the beginning mm. then yeah they're, they're going to show aggression fear-based aggression um <clears throat> okay look this is always a very popular segment people listen for a while then they decide to call so don't leave it too late call now on 0800 844 747 t what sort of a dog have you gotten is it a good dog? Yeah, hey, yeah, nah. Well, I've just um, I've just taken on a young two-year-old Huntway bitch. She was uh, she's going to get shot, um, so I rescued her. Um, now, look, having having a few issues with her in the way of trust. Um, any any pointers on how to try and build that relationship with her? Yeah, is she going to? Well, good morning, first T, and, and congratulations, mate. You're you're a bit of a saviour there, a bit of an angel. Um, so. Two years old. Was she was she um, going to be shot because she wasn't any good at working? Was that the idea? 
Nah, apparently she chased a cat. Oh, and really? Didn't oh. Like it, so she was just going to shoot it. Oh my god, that's horrendous! You find the SPCA straight away. Um, that's that's terrible, and and it, it probably um, says something about the relationship that she's had with that owner anyway. So that's what yeah. that's what you've got there. You, you know that that's come forward a bit of baggage there, I guess. The the best way to form that relationship is not put too much pressure on her. Just let her be for a yeah. while. I don't know how long you've had her, but um, but you know they, they say a, a way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and, and the way to a dog's heart is through their stomach as well. So so just lots of treats for not necessarily doing anything, but just being with you. Yeah, just make you the yeah. best thing in the world. And, and what you might want to do is start looking at um, uh, building that eye contact because obviously you don't trust someone if you can't get the eye contact. So definitely one thing I'll be doing is lots of food just to build up positive relationship, and then lots of eye contact. Mm. Just had to put T on hold there because it's quite a noisy line. Mm. T, I hope that helps you out and all the best and well done for saving yeah. that dog. Fantastic. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. That's much appreciated. Hey, I'd oh, love you're you very welcome. T, I'd love you to stick a picture on the Facebook page of her. It'd be really nice to see her. Oh, how will they find you, Darren? Yeah, you can just um, uh, go to Facebook, just Mindfulness for Dogs, about number four, and you can find me. That would be awesome, too, if you do that. See, this is the thing, right? We think about it. I- I've had to had a dog put down years ago when I worked for the Department of Conservation. It started to worry sheep. I can tell the story now because it's years on past the fact, but it was a real issue. This one here, chasing a cat, seems so trivial, but for some people it's a really big thing, isn't it? Well, I think especially after um, uh, we've had problems with a few dogs, haven't we, recently with chasing cats and, and sort of small animals, I think people just don't want to go there because the, the legalities behind it are just too immense. Okay. Um, so maybe that's the reason. 0800 844 747. That's the number to call now and get some great advice from Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. The study from 2010 yeah. looking at the reasons why people give up their dogs. What are the other reasons? Yeah, so there's dog aggression and then there's separation anxiety. And I see I see both of those all the time, actually. Um, the separation anxiety is probably one of the hardest ones because that's where the dog is destroying your house when you leave or barking their head off, peeing everywhere. Mm. It's a really horrible um, situation to be in. And if you don't get on top of it quickly then it well it can control your life basically you don't leave your house because your dog's screaming their heads off mm. and then of course you get people complaining you get council involved and it becomes a real mess um it is something that can be solved quite easily by a, d- a professional dog trainer so if you've got a situation where you've got a dog that's got real bad separation anxiety you don't need to rehome it it's a beautiful dog get a trainer in spend a bit of money and get that training in to, to, to sort that behavior out and it can be done okay. all right so for someone who's looking to buy a dog this is a really leading question mm-hmm. is there a breed that you could look at that's going to be really easy to treat and less anxious when you do go to work most of us are away from the home for hours at a time so what breed would you suggest is the best for that oh gosh um yeah. there, there are many breeds yeah it is a big leading question um mm. And, and anxiety doesn't necessarily go with breeds. There are some breeds that are more anxious than others, shall we say, but um, it really does depend on how you build that relationship. If you build that relationship when you've just started, uh, when you just got your dog, and it's like a dependency relationship, so the dog follows you everywhere, has to be with you, and, and you spend all your life with the dog, mm. then suddenly when you split that away, the dog's going to be anxious no matter what breed. Mm. So you have to teach the dog to be comfortable without you being there and, and from a puppy it's obviously easier we have a, a pen and a crate system where the puppy lives in the pen and the crate when we can't deal with them mm-hmm. and that separation is always there um, so they get used to it but yeah if you've got a dog that follows you all the time doesn't matter what breed yeah. I think some of the bigger breeds are a little bit less anxious that might be something you could look at but um, just talk to the breeders 
Probably True. the best thing. I want to yeah. see breed, doesn't it? Well, yeah. you know, the, my love of the Border Terrier. The Border Terrier is a breed that needs to sit on your feet. If you're sitting on the toilet, it's yeah. sitting on your feet. If you're sitting on the couch, it's there at your feet. They follow you around. They're a very loyal dog. And he would yeah. sing to the whole neighbourhood when we'd leave for work, which is, you know, nothing not much. Not a good thing. <laughs> oh, let's keep those calls coming in because that's important. We'll come to more of these reasons as to why people look to rehome their dogs. But your calls on... 0800-844-747. Bill, how's your Bichon freeze, Bill? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I have a German Shepherd. Oh, yeah. um, That's close. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks for taking the call. Look, uh, I have problems with them um, from time to time running off to other dogs whenever I'm off lead, going to play with them at the park. I sort of have an idea how to fix that, but people walk away from us as soon as they see a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, good morning, Bill. It's a shame, isn't it, that people have this perception of what dogs are. Um, and, and if we did that with people, we'd get in all sorts of trouble, wouldn't we? We, we certainly don't do that with people, do we? Mm, maybe not. Um, no. so, so German Shepherds are quite friendly animals, really. Um, if they're well-trained, yeah. they're, they're, they're lovely. They really are. They're fantastic dogs. Um, you can't change people, no, unfortunately. The only thing you can do is just train your dog, really, I guess. Um, I'm guessing, yeah. is it relatively young? Uh, no, he's um, he's oh. again no, starting to get relatively mature now. Like he's about five years old. Oh, okay. uh, we do do the um, slow introductions, walking up to other dogs yeah. and people. <clears throat> yeah. But um, we don't get that often enough. And I no. just wonder if there's other ways to do that. Yeah. So, so um, are we talking on lead generally? Yeah, on lead generally. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I like to do um, when when I introduce dogs on lead, I, I like to do a little system where we do nose to nose for three seconds, and then we we peel off and then stand about a meter away from each other, and then see what comes oh, okay, out. Because yep. um, that mm. normally gives the the dogs the other dogs. It's never really your dog. It's always the other dog that gives the other dog a chance to get scared, start barking, and then you know it's not going to work. Or if they still if they're still okay. friendly and start to move towards each other, then then it's all good. The, the danger is when they come in together and they do that round the houses. That's when the leads get oh, tangled yeah. up, and that's when our our stresses start to rise, and that's when people who've got smaller dogs with big German Shepherds start to panic. And of course, your dog will pick up on that, so will their dog. So, so even if it's just nose to nose a couple of times, and then just go for a walk, mm. you don't have to do the okay. whole sniffy bum thing. That would probably be a better mm, way. It would okay. build the confidence of the other person as well. Hey, Bill, what's your yeah. um, German Shepherd's name? <clears throat> Archie. Archie, oh, that's a great Archie, name. Cool name. I tell yeah. you what, Darren, the, the one thing that concerns me when you are in a public area, that whole love me, love my dog thing, I don't mind if it's a shih tzu around your ankles, but when it's an Alsatian, a German Shepherd running towards me, it's probably the only breed apart from a Doberman maybe that makes me go shivers. Uh, really? I'm, I'm yeah. the opposite. I'd oh, really? rather have a German Shepherd run to me than a shih tzu, to be honest, because <laughs> they're the ones who are going to bite your ankles. All right. <laughs> Okay, your questions on 0800 844 Your dog and you will get on a whole lot better once you've had the input from Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs, 17 past 9. 0800 844 747. Join the conversation now. How's your dog going? Is your dog going, oh my God, it's that person who yells at me because they can't make me understand what they want me to do. Well, this is the number to call, 0800 844 Darren Rowe, let's carry on with those reasons why people rehome their pooches. Yeah, I mean, the obvious one is that family moving. And, and I, I hear this quite a lot of the time, actually, that we're, we used to be out in a, a lifestyle block and now we're moving into town and we can't keep the dog. Mm. Um, and it's a shame because you can always change your environment to work out for the dog, but... Um, yeah, I understand that one. That's quite a hard one, I guess. And especially with job losses and that kind of stuff with COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. I think we're seeing more and more of that that kind of situation, I guess. The the other one, which is the main one, is um, that the energy levels of a dog don't match. 
Mm. Now we buy a puppy because it's cute, and then we don't realise like the Hunterway classic one is very they're gorgeous puppies. They really are very cute, um, but they turn into these working dogs that have got so much energy. And if you're not that type of person, then you've got the wrong dog. But you don't really know until about a year to two years. But Darren, I see that. Late. The thing is, you do know. I'm sorry, you're far too forgiving. You <laughs> you do know if you're buying a Welsh Border Collie and you're on level 19 of an apartment in Wellington. Yeah, true. I mean, that's just cruel. They want to round things up. Ducks, yeah. people, but, uh, sheep. But I see it. But e- even the even the small terriers, people um, get the small terriers thinking that they're going to be, you know, an easy small dog. Terriers need a lot of exercise. You know, they're, they're full on. Mm. So, so even some of those smaller dogs that you think probably would work in that situation actually probably one of the worst ones to get so okay. so yeah um mm. unfortunately i see that a lot of the time the other one then is um uh that i'll oh, hear this one this makes me laugh um it just doesn't work for the family anymore mm. and it really means what for me what that means and this is a bit of a judgment so apologies but what it really means is that i didn't put the work in at the beginning um i didn't i ha- haven't done the behavior work at the beginning and i haven't got this foundation training in there so now we've gone into being an adolescent and we've got hormones surging through the body i can't deal with it so no excuse for not putting that training in at the beginning. You know, you don't have to pay lots of money to get someone to do it. You can go onto YouTube. I've got loads of videos that can help you. You know, you can, you can actually get that training for free. You just need to do it. <laughs> but Darren, what about the fact that we've spoken about this before and I've got this way of thinking about the, the hierarchy. The dogs fit into a hierarchy in the family. In comes a new baby, you've adopted a child, whatever, and it's going, who the hell is that? Yeah, and that's where we've all gone wrong, you see, because if we if we think of a hierarchy, then by definition, we've got um, the baby's going to be the lowest because it's the first one in. So forget, kick the hierarchy to the uh, to the to touch. Basically, that that's going to ruin your dog and ruin your whole relationship. Ah. Family members, right? I don't, you don't. I mean, mum and dad are older than me, but I don't really think so much about hierarchy nowadays. When we've got older, we we all talk on the same level. Mm. So just think of your family, a family structure, and you're going to have younger people and older people. Your dog is always going to stay around the three-year-old sort of child level. So therefore, that three-year-old child is always going to have boundaries that you need to enforce. What about a situation? Here's another scenario for you where people are working and all of a sudden they've got a brand new baby and then the grandparents are looking after the baby and you've got some really angry old crusty Jack Russell. And (laughs) so only a couple of times a week the dog is seeing the baby. I mean, what sort of trust do you put on that dog when you're walking away leaving your baby in that situation? Yeah, well, that's, that's, I mean, I get that a lot. That's one of the, um, probably quite a few people will phone me about that. And, and unfortunately, I, I normally see it from the angle when the dog has bitten the baby, yeah, or something I'll growled at the baby. So, so again, it's all about putting that training in at the beginning. So before you have your kid, that's the time to do the work with your dog because your dog's there already. You know, it's unfair to then get rid of your dog, in my opinion, just because the baby's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so get the cot out. Get the, the, the crying baby noises. Get the dog used to all those things. Set those boundaries up where you're going to change your baby and all that kind of stuff. Get it all done before your baby's there because then it's not stressful later on. Get a, get a doll, you know. And the dog, the, the dog, yeah, they'll know a difference between, but at least they can get used to that kind of behavior. This is what I do when mum does this. This is what I do when dad does this, yeah. Okay. Do it first when you've got the time. No, no reason why you shouldn't really. Okay. Just a bit laziness, isn't it, I guess? 22 past nine. It's still time for you to give me a call and you can have a chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs, 0800 844 747. This text, this is a sneaky little text. It came in mm. at 19 past eight. They didn't want to miss out. G'day, Roman, for Darren Rowe. We have just got a nine-week-old staffy. It's very nippy, so hard 
to show her affection, I think is what it meant, without being nipped. What yeah. is the best way to change this habit? We are trying to say things like no quite loudly and stopping play and distraction with toys. Yeah, so um, the second bit works really well. The, the saying no really loudly is just going to excite her even more and get her really fired up. She's probably going to bite you more. Mm. Um, what you've got to think about now is a staffy is a grabby bite dog, isn't it, generally? So so that's quite motivational for them. So the one thing that we sometimes do wrong with um, sort of staffies is we play really rough with them in the face. So cut that out. Mm. Um, also, a little tip that I always give my puppy preschoolers is when we treat a dog, treat with a flat of the hand rather than holding the treat in your fingers because every time you put the treat in the dog's mouth, holding it in the finger, you're teaching dog that biting your hand is okay so if you put on the flat of the hand and they lick the treat away so licking the hand is okay yep so that's one little thing but but also you're going to have a couple of weeks of it unfortunately guys that's what you signed up for when you bought a staffy or any dog at mm. that age um if they want to um, email me directly um on the website they can do and i can uh, send them a little bit of information about that okay that's i've got that. my pen ready yep. what is your email address yeah so it's just mindfulness for dogs mm. that's uh, with the number four um at gmail.com nice and simple all right alex says morena roman can you please ask darren if there's going to be another Dog Almighty TV show, it was just fabulous, and I'd be interested to know what Darren thought of it. Um, I saw a few of it. I actually knew knew a couple of people on there, actually. Um, I would I'd love to do some of that. If there's any producers out there, that would be really cool. Um, mm. But, uh, um, yeah, I think, I think I'd love to go a bit more into the details of the behaviour because there was a couple of stressful moments with some of those dogs, um, and they pushed those dogs through some of the um, things without looking at the stresses on the dogs. But, um, mm. yeah, it was quite exciting, wasn't it? Um, I haven't seen the end yet. I'm, I'm still catching it online, so please don't spoil it. Oh, well, there we go. It <laughs> was a while ago. but More questions for Darren Rowe on 0800 844. 747. Darren, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are the five questions you should ask yourself if you're looking to get a dog and struggling with the dog that you have? Yeah, so first of all, think, just remember, it's an emotional time, okay? So ask these questions to yourself a couple of times. Don't just, like, react off emotions. So first of all, what does your ideal dog look like? Be honest with yourself. Is the dog that you've got the ideal dog? Because if it isn't, it's probably not going to work, is it? Yeah? Mm. Um, what does your dog's ideal home look like? So look at the breed characteristics. Talk to a breeder. If you're unsure and you've got a dog and it's all going a bit sort of haywire, find a breeder that breeds them and go and have a chat with them. If it's a cross with lots of different dogs, so you've got your poodles and all those kind of things, speak to different breeders of poodles and shih tzus and things and find out what the characteristics, what, what's that dog really need, yeah? Mm. Um, where's the mismatches? Again, sit down, be honest. It's a time to be honest, guys, yeah? Where are the mismatches? Can I address them with behaviour or is it really out of my league? Have I not got the finances to do it or have I not got the time? Yeah, be honest. Um, what would it really take to solve the issue? Yeah, and again, that's a hard one. How much dedication do I really need to solve that? How much do I love my dog? Mm-hmm. Right? How much am I prepared to do that? And then are you willing to make the effort? Because at the end of the day, you can you can know exactly, you can have as much money as you like to be able to do the training. Mm. And, and sending your dog to another person to train them isn't necessarily going to solve your problems in your house because as soon as you come back in the picture, you might get the same behaviours again, yeah? Well, they um, always say there's no such thing <coughs> as a dumb question. I'm going to ask one. What's the main reason why people buy dogs in the first place? God, I, you know, I've never been asked that one. That's an interesting one. I think it's um, a lot of the time it's for companionship. Um, sometimes it's because people just expect to have a dog. They had a dog when they was a kid, so that's just what you do. Mm. And the other one is we're going to buy our dog for our kids. Uh, and that's the wrong okay. one, definitely. <laughs> but so that I, can sometimes work out. But. I think it's a vanity thing as well. Put it this way. You wouldn't see Brian Tamaki walking down Ponsonby Road with a miniature poodle. He'd have like a Rottweiler or something. So we, yeah. ch- we tend to choose a dog that reflects who we are. Is that fair? 
I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. We look for the characteristics in a dog that reflect to us. I guess definitely. And 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 if we get it right, then actually we get a really good bond, and that dog should stay with us for the rest of our lives. I guess. Yeah. It's when we get it wrong, isn't it? Um, so there are limited options. If you've got a dog yeah. and you definitely have, you've tried everything, and you just cannot put up with it anymore. Yeah. What are the options? So you've always got the option if it's a pure breed um, to return back to the breeders. Most responsible breeders, um, particularly the kennel club ones, um, will take a dog back if you really can't cope with it mm. um, and try and rehome it for you. Um, some shelters now will have a, a buyback option, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Sounds awful, isn't it? Where you actually can um, give the dog back if it's not working. They would rather have that dog back. I know when I worked in the SBCA, we, we'd rather have the dog back and look after it than, than it have a horrible life and be put down. Um, and then you've got the obvious one, family and friends. Um, don't try and force your dog onto a family member or a friend's, but if they offer and they've got capacity to do that, then that's always a good one. Um, one little caveat, no, never, ever, ever advertise your dog on Trade Me for free, okay? Even if you're really desperate, never advertise it for free because you know what's going to happen. It's going to be picked up by a fighting uh, yeah. organisation. It's going to become a, 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 a dog that's going to be wow. used in fighting and stuff like that. Yeah. And Darren, don't go giving your dog to friends and family and then spend the next <coughs> 10 years telling them how to look after your dog. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's quite nice if your dog is with a friend because you can see them. But then when don't get upset when that person puts the effort in and retrains the dog and makes it look perfect and then you think, oh, that's a dog I really wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't get upset when you get that. Um, I've seen that a few times as well. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the last one is surrender to a shelter or a rescue. But be be aware, they are so inundated. I was chatting with um, uh, the friends from Tails, uh, friends uh, friends with Tails um, yeah. uh, owner, and she just gets so many emails from people about um, about dogs. And and if you are doing your dog, be honest with all the behaviours. Right, mm. someone will get hurt if you're not. Yeah. So sadly, Darren, it isn't the last option, is it? No, it's not, unfortunately. No. Um, and I don't like to talk about this one, but it is. Some dogs just cannot be rehomed, okay? They are, you've maybe by your fault or by not your fault, you haven't done any of the any of the training at the beginning. They're totally unsocialized. And you, you haven't got the three or $4,000, which it costs to get them back to some kind of living. Mm. And, you know, you can't really expect a, a shelter um, shelter to do that as well then sometimes euthanasia is the only option and it is a serious option it's not something i like to talk about very much but with some clients i have mm. um and that's just the way it is isn't it sometimes that, that dog is a, is a danger to itself and to everyone else and it might have to happen yeah yeah um, it is i've been through that a couple of times for various reasons and it is really hard because they are <coughs> a member of the family might be a bit too far but they kind of are aren't they I don't. I don't think it is too far. I think sometimes dogs. <coughs> sorry. I think sometimes dogs are more of a member of the family than, than some of the people. I certainly <laughs> love my dogs completely, but there's some of my family members. I think you know. Well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Crikey! I hope none of your family members are listening. Ah, oh, they're in the UK. Oh, <laughs> Would be good. Oh no, there's a Rover app. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. They could be on the Rover app, getting ready for the cricket at 11:30 this morning. Darren, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook. It's just Mindfulness for Dogs, or you can find the website mindfulnessfordogs.com, or um, yeah, you can you can phone me. My telephone number's all over there, or just search for Darren Rowe, and you'll find me as well. Yeah, <laughs> always good to catch up with you. Enjoy the Brilliant. rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the Thanks, cricket. Yeah, Pleasure. Geez. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, the cricket from 11.30 this morning. Make sure you've got the Rover app. And if you're looking for tickets because you're in the Wellington region, jump onto Ticket Tech. You've got two games for the price of one today. You can't go wrong. That's real value for money. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.